0: So uh, I did go through a little bit of Colossians 3, and I, I kind of did it on purpose about two months ago around there because I wanted to explain why so many people struggle with this dual nature of a Christian. Like, well, I have this like sin nature, and I have this nature that's from the Spirit of God and i'm regenerated but i don't feel that way and i'm struggling and i'm tripping and i'm fumbling the football if you will spiritually speaking so what is the real deal and we're going to get into that we're going to try and keep it concise but i really tried to talk about the body the soul and the spirit last time i went through this and this morning we're going to talk about the put-ons things that you as a christian should be adding to your life and putting on in a sense and so we're only going to get through uh, uh, chapter three, verse 11. To be honest with you, I, I doubt we can get through all of that uh, if I don't abbreviate some stuff, which I'm glad that we went through some of this a little while back. But we looked at a few of the principles uh, about this idea of the soul being my mind, my personality. Um, and at the same time, the spirit, like what's the great definition of the spirit? That's a very hard thing to define. Even in the, in the scriptures, it's a, it's a tough thing to say, well, uh, a noun is a person, place, or thing. So the spirit is definitely a person, spirit of God. It's definitely a thing. Like when people talk about like, hey, is that a thing now? It is definitely in all places. And so it's the ultimate noun, if you will. But at the same time, people go, well, what about my spirit? What am I as a person? Well, your mind, your body physically, and your spirit. Your mind is your soul. Your mind is your personality, how you relate to folks. Your body is how you relate to this physical earth, this tangible earth where things are uh, touchable, where you have like there's stuff. You can't walk through walls. We talked about this. And so I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it, but Paul talks to us about these put-ons, things that you should put on as a Christian, things that you should put off as a Christian. And I reckon it because I'm I'm from the Midwest where um, a lot of the year is very, very cold. Uh, whether we get snow or not is kind of irrelevant. Uh, when I was a kid, you have to put on gloves and hats and boots. You have to. Like if you don't do that and you're going to school, they won't let you go outside. Even in the 80s, they wouldn't let us go outside. If you just brought shoes and you wore like a long sleeve flannel shirt and for whatever reason you lived close to school and you forgot your coat that day, you're not going outside. They're not going to put a a kid that's eight years old outside when it's two degrees outside. And yes, we did play outside in recess when it was two degrees. Nowadays, it's like if it's 40, then you can go outside. It's like, wow, what happened when my grandpa was a kid? They went out when it was nine minus 20. And they always walked uphill four miles through snow. Both directions, he said. That I never understood. However, claims it was true. We put on hats and gloves and boots for protection. And in, in, the, in the desert, the greatest put on, I have neglected in my eyes and age uh, and face um, through being a golfer have shown it is sunscreen. I don't put it on. My buddies that I play golf with over the years go, why don't you put on sunscreen? It's just so annoying. I hate it. It gets in your eyes. It hurts when you sweat. He's like, you're going to look like an old man. I, I'm like, you're right. I talked to him last week uh, when we were playing golf. I was like, you're right. I I, I definitely should have done that. But it's a choice, right? I don't have to do it, but it's smart to do. It's recommended to do. 90 out of 100 people would tell you to do it, maybe even more. There was even a famous song about Wear Sunscreen about 20 years ago. I don't know if you guys know that song. Um, obviously, something that needs to be put on in the desert. So I want to show us a little bit of this idea of the put on, the put off, but I really want us to understand the nature the issue with the nature. We talk about the soul and the spirit and why sometimes there's just a swing back and forth with why am I doing so great spiritually or feel that I am? And then why am I in the dumps next year? And why am I over here? Paul's gonna give us uh, this week and next a prescription for this. He says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is where he is sitting at the right hand of God, not was, not will be, is. That's where Christ, when this was written, almost 2,000 years back, that's where Christ was. He was in the heavenly, sitting at the right hand of his father. So much in here. But I want to throw this out there, and I don't want to put anybody down. I don't want to put a church down. I'm just going to say we need to read this verse as if our life depends on it, because it does. If then you you can't deal with your neighbor you can't deal with the guy you heard on the radio who's a little coarse but he says he's a christian and Shannon and i were watching something a video on a guy who uh says he's a christian and um is is a guy who talks about culture and how how just horrible the culture's getting and randomly he just throws out an f-bomb and Shannon goes whoa and i go I go, are you shocked by this? Like, this is like everybody that's on the, on YouTube, on the, on podcasting. Now it's like forced language is the norm in our culture. It probably has been for a long time, but when you go sit down in public in a, at a busy restaurant, you don't have to go very far from people who are talking loudly and coarsely. That's just the way it is. So if then you were raised with Christ, only you can make that choice to choose Christ and to then identify in that raising of the dead, of your dead spirit, what is a dead spirit? A dead spirit is, I was born into a sinful world with a sinful nature, and I was separated from God. I was. That's how we showed up in this uh, on this planet. So if you are a Christian, and there's so many guys, that I, I cannot tell you, when, when people say, oh, did you hear so-and-so's a Christian? Did you hear so and so?" Guys, I don't want to hear any more about celebrity Christians. I'm sorry. I really don't. Because 99 out of 100, not only, I'm not saying they're not. I'm saying what they say is a huge letdown. Let us go just to the text from here on out. Let us not go, well, I saw uh, there was a really, really uh, interesting candidate in this state. And he said some really, really great things about the Bible. And then the next, very next day, you see him. Or taking on somebody at a college campus and you're like, whoa, okay, hopefully my friend that I told about this guy doesn't see that. We shouldn't have to say that about people. We shouldn't have to be like, well, only watch the stuff that's on this channel because the other stuff is really coarse and really, really. Um, and I say this because I grew up um, under a, a, I was a very, I was a big fan of radio when I grew up in, the, in WGN in Chicago was, was a super station. In the 50s, 60s, 70s, there was a radio station that went to Denver, Colorado from Chicago before radio stations became saturated and every, other, every three digits on the dial became a radio station because there was so much money in it ultimately uh, in advertising. But when I was a kid, I was uh, interested in radio and I ultimately became a person that was on the radio and I listened to this shock jock a person that not Howard Stern, but somebody that's like Howard Stern and my whole life listening to this guy for like off and on for 10 years. Um, he would, he would say horrible things and he would have prostitutes in his studio and he would bring on Satanists and he would bring on all these people. And he would talk about the fact that he was going to go be a pastor when he was younger and he quote lost his calling and blah, 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 all this stuff. And then I'm listening to him and he's cursing and he's having horrible things go on state like on in the studio that we're hearing these things, yet he continues to talk about Jesus. And I'm like, I if I knew my Bible better, I would have talked, I would have gone to Jesus's brother James and said, Brothers, this should not be salt and bitter, fresh salt. The, the, you cannot. Continue to be a strong Christian and, and just blow feces out of the right side of your mouth on the radio. And then when you're interviewed by a conservative TBN guy, be like, Yeah, no, Jesus is the greatest thing in the world. Well, what was that over there? What was the last like 10 hours of radio? So as a, as a young 20 year old listening to this, I'm like, God, I know I shouldn't be listening to it, but he says he's a Christian. And God's like, What, what does it take to be a Christian, Dan? is this person helping your spiritual journey or are they conflicting you? Are they messing with you? Are they hurting you? Are they stumbling you? Yes, 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 yes. A through Z, Lord, check the box. This guy's messing with my head. And look, he was a really, 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 uh, he became very successful. He made a ton of money and he still maintains to this day that he's a Christian. If you were raised with Christ, seek the things which are above. Did this person seek anything that was above ever on his radio channel? No. Okay, so Dan, you, you, Dan Swanson, you were raised with Christ. You seek those things which are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. You deal with your spiritual journey with fear and trembling. You take it seriously. You make sure that you're in the faith. You study to show yourself approved. You do all these things. And then you won't have to worry about this guy. What did you hear what this guy said? about what's going to happen with the economy, don't care because the economy isn't going to outlast me. And even if it does, I'm going to be with my Lord. And so I need to be prepped for that. I need to be ready for that. I need to be focusing on that. I need to be setting my mind on the things above verse two, not setting my mind on this guy's channel or not going, no, well, this athlete that I love says he's a Christian, but I I think I told you guys a story that somebody told me another one of my uh favorite baseball players from 20 years ago was a christian and they said this to me they're like he's a believer he's a, he's a christian he really is and there wasn't anything like really really he was a very quiet baseball player i ran into him at in o'hare and i walked up to him and i go hey dude this is a real honor i heard you were a believer and he looked at me like believer in what i was like oh you could actually know that term anyway uh so how's the acl um i didn't say that to him and i was trying to be respectful of him but once again it's like just because somebody tells you somebody's a Christian doesn't mean anything. Just because they found, you found out that they go to church somewhere that might even preach the gospel on some level doesn't mean they're a Christian. All it means is they go to church somewhere that they might preach the gospel. That's all it means. Yeah. set your mind on the things above, not on the things of the earth. So many Christians are just inundated with earthly stuff. All they ever worry about is here. God doesn't say, don't worry ever about stuff that's here. He says, first worry about up there. First worry about above the line. The line is, wherever the line is, in the toposphere, and the stratosphere, wherever that is, there's the heavenlies. There's the things I should be seeking that my heart, uh, seeking after. And there's the down here. There's the temporal. There's the physical and my soul that's here that identifies with this place, that tries to really, really, really sort of enjoy this place. And sometimes, guys, I find that I'm just trying to put travertine and wallpaper in my prison cell. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, it's really, really good looking. But I'm still in jail. And I'm still not free. Because I'm not tapping into this new life, the spiritual life. What is it? Well, Dan, first you have to consider yourself dead. Because you, your physical, your mind, even your spirit, You were born spiritually dead. You were born into sin. This earth is very sinful. All you have to do is turn on news for 15 seconds. You'll see 80 shootings. I'm not kidding about that. At least 80, uh like a week right now. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And those of us who really know that verse go, thank God that it's hidden up there. When Christ, who is our life, appears, my favorite verse, maybe in the whole Bible, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. You're going to be with him. So whether you die and you're, you go to be with him, when he comes back, you're going to be with him. In some way, shape, or form, you're going to be with Christ. Then you will also appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are, on the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Tons of these things are idolatry. Tons of things in our lives are idolatry. What does that mean? Does that mean you build a little idol and you go and you get down on on your knees and you worship it? No. It means that you put anything above God Almighty. That might be money. That might be job. That might be wife. That might be husband. That might be girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is. Anything that's above that is now out of place. Guys, we struggle with this in this life. We do this all the time, but Christians, there's a lot of things Christians in the culture of Christianity do not like to admit. And one of them is they don't like to admit they're idolaters. They have never liked this. I've been around church for 40, how old am I? 45, 45 years. I've been in Baptist churches, non-denoms, Calvary chapels, EV freeze, Nazarene. I've been a part of tons of them. And there's great, great churches out there in all those denominations. But the one thing that is common is nobody likes to say they're an idolater. Shocking. I'm actually shocked. (laughs) But put to death your members which are on the earth. When I am born on this earth physically, I am immersed in it. What's in this earth? Not much that's good, to be honest with you. Not much. What can you go outside of these walls and go get into? Not a lot of good anymore. Not a lot of great stuff out there. But once again, people believe this illusion. I believe the illusion is now fading in the last couple of years, but people believe that this life can bring them fulfillment. They believe that they can make the American dream theirs. Are there people who came from poverty, who came from other countries that started businesses and became millionaires? Yeah, that's awesome. Are they really, really soul happy? I don't believe they are, if that's all they got. Even the great, uh, um, Steve Jobs, read, read his book or watch his bio and tell me that that guy died happy. He didn't. He regretted tons of stuff. And yet people in San Francisco would say he had everything. Because of these things, because of all the things I just mentioned, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. If I live in sin, If I'm living in sin, if I'm super comfortable in it, if I'm never convicted by it, if I can't wait to do it again, that's evidence that I'm still down here only. And once again, it's God's business. what struggling backsliding person is actually going to be in heaven. That's God's business. That is not my business. And I love not having to deal with that or answer those questions anymore. Oh, do you believe so-and-so was saved? No clue. No idea. There's so much fakeness guys. There's so much fakeness with people and it's not just because they want to be fake. It's because they're scared not to be. They're scared not to have this smile on when they walk into church. They're scared not to walk into a Christian business or a Christian ministry that they work at and and just toe the company line. We're all blessed. We're all doing great. We're all just awesome. Mm, probably not. If that's what you hear. You hear this all the time from Christians. You yourselves once walked. Once. But it couldn't be an active thing. You couldn't be walking in this. I love this illustration that was listening to this guy who said, um, if you've ever met an electrician that's really good at his job, you could almost say that that electrician is one with electricity. He gets it, he knows how to avoid getting hurt. He knows how it works. He knows how to wire your house. He knows how to do all this stuff because he has immersed himself in electricity, in learning it and knowing how to, what to avoid and what not to avoid. You would say that person is an electrician. If you followed them all, all week long, if you followed them, let's say they work Monday through Saturday, if you followed them in the van, you watched them go in and out of people's homes or businesses, you'd go, person's an electrician. Even if the, they do their business out of a car, and there's no evidence of a business, when you watch them, you know that's that's an electrician. It should be so with Christians. That if you were followed, many are not, even though we have iPhones everywhere uh, and tape everything. Everything's tapable now, but still, if you were followed, would somebody conclude at the end of the week that person is different? I don't know what it is. I don't even. I, I can't put my finger on it. They're definitely different. Uh, almost religious or holy. I mean, I'm not talking about somebody who knows what a Christian is or should be. I'm just talking somebody who watches a Christian. I mean, people when Jesus taught go, wow, that guy teaches with real authority. That guy's from God. Not the Pharisees. They didn't say that. They said he was from the devil because they were so indicted and so steeped in their tradition and sin that they couldn't say anything but that. He says, but... Now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Guys, I have just described like 90% of the encounters to the public right now, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. This is everywhere you go now, pretty much everywhere you go. You're on a plane. You listen to this. You're in a restaurant. You listen to people that, that do all of these things while they're sitting there. Look at the just absolutely like like the culture is just coming apart at the seams right now, and there is a choice to be made. Are you going to put on Christ? You say you're a Christian. Are you going to put on Christ? Are you going to put on the put-ons, or are you going to put them off and take your chances with trying to live your own way? You should know that if you do that, there are no assurances for somebody who puts off the things of the spirit and goes, well, I am a Christian and I really, really am. And I've, I've been around church, but I've gotten to the point, I've arrived to the point where I think I'm going to be a manager of my own life from here on out. I'm just going to manage it how I see fit and go do whatever it is that I want to do. I'm not going to do really, really, really bad stuff, but I'm just going to stiff arm God and I'm going to go wherever I want. and I'm going to do whatever. You should know there's no assurances in scripture for that like, type of living. None. Zero. Secondly, when someone goes and does that, there is very little evidence of the first verse, if you were raised with Christ. There's so many things. Um, I want to, I, I, I don't even have like, I have so many more notes. It, it's overwhelming of, I just don't have the time to get into it, but I want us to, to talk about this. When I recognize going back to when we did Colossians three in August. When I recognize my union with Christ, when I recognize that when Christ was raised from the dead by God's Holy Spirit, that power, when I came to Christ and said yes to Christ, that power not only regenerated my spirit, made my spirit uh, able to talk to God, able to have God tabernacle or be with inside me. He's, he says, you're the temple. Your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. So now the temple, now God is actually able to be inside of you, whereas before you couldn't, you were, there was a separation. The veil separate. I mean, the veil kind of gives us that that picture of separation. But when I recognize that Christ is my life, that I should be trying to bring honor and glory to His name first and foremost. That should be my number one priority. The things in all of these verses that we just read, from five to eight they do not suit the believer. To live in that, to stay in that, does it mean that you're not going to struggle sometimes? Maybe even a lot of times. Obviously, Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8, could you you feel condemned if you struggle? Read it. Should you feel liberated when you struggle? Read it. Read 6, 7, and 8. It's pretty quick. You can read it. But these things do not uh, suit the believer, but it doesn't mean that I will not struggle. Paul tells us we're going to struggle with sin. Why? Because we're immersed in a world that that's all that goes on outside of a Christian's heart. What goes on in this world is is satanic. It's, it's, it's the opposite of God. It misses the mark on every possible level. And so it doesn't mean that I will not struggle, but it means that when there is struggle, there's also conflict in my heart. People go, oh, I don't really... Understand that I don't really like give you just the easiest example ever. To try and define God's Holy Spirit. It's like trying to define wind. You just know when you feel it. That's it. I mean, it just what is it? It's just out there. It's just air that moves fast. I don't really know what it is. Um, but I know that once it goes over ten miles an hour, it annoys me, especially on a golf course. Really annoys me. But what I will say is this. So So if you are truly saved, if you're really a Christian, if if, if Christ is your life and he is your focus, even though you have lots of struggles, even though you have lots of things that you're sorry about, I'll just use one of my number one struggles, drivers in this town, okay? So when you're on the highway and you're driving and somebody's two lanes over for no apparent reason just decides to come over and get in front of you and then slow down for zero reason. You just hop down the freeway. You have no idea why. You can make the choice to ride the tail or do what they just did. Or you can go, what would Christ have me do right now? He would have me back off. He would have me slow my roll and just let this person go. Just let him go. You don't have any idea what's going on with that person. You don't have any idea where that person's headed. What kind of trouble is in that car? You have no idea. I love this, uh, uh, Ironside tells a story of a guy, he says, I once heard someone say this, a guy is at a uh, speaking engagement um, of Christians. I don't know if it was a Bible study, I don't know if it was just a men's group or one of those things. And the guy says this, as there are no ladies here, I want to tell you something I heard the other day, and everyone's probably perked up, because it's a Christian thing. And he goes, another gentleman in the group checked him with a wise answer. Brother, though there are no ladies present, the Holy Ghost is actually present. Is your story fit for him? That's the deal, guys. It comes down to that simplistic of a thing. Now, you say, well, sometimes it's more complicated than that. Okay, maybe... Maybe the weight of the consequences of something that you're going through, it's a huge deal. Maybe it's a relationship that's going to go sideways, or if you do say something or back out of something you said you would do, whatever the case is, a simple, still, small voice of, we'll go back to WWJD bracelets from 20 years ago, which tons of baseball players that are Christians and lots of other things that I could you know tell you about, we're all wearing those things, right? The fact is, what would Jesus say? What would Jesus do? How would Jesus have me drive? When I think about how Jesus would have me drive when I'm alone, conviction, you could cut it with a knife. When I bail out and when I just do whatever I want, that's when I get frustrated. That's when I get anger. That's when I get malice. And he goes, Bro, put it off. Dan, put it off. You don't have to live there anymore. You do have the liberating power the Holy Spirit living in and if you'll listen to it and not make him shut up and not make him uh oh, I don't want to hear it, turn up the music louder no it's about being immersed in God's spirit once again we've uh, Shannon talked about it with worship legalism is one thing legalism is when I do these things to, in a sense not say that I'm justifying myself but maybe feel more justified because I spend more time in prayer and in my Bible than you do, brother, or you do sister that's that's legalism and that is bad that is not a good crack, even though you might be reading God's word a lot more and praying a lot more. Great. Good for you. That's awesome. However, when you come to the point where you go, okay, I got a lot of stuff in my life right now that probably needs to be reshuffled. I need to, we need to start rearranging the priorities a little bit. God has to be first. Set your mind on things above first. I know it's an act of faith and God says, hey, worry about me first. I'll take care of the little stuff. I'll take care of your finances. I'll take care of your relationships. I'll take care of where you work, how you eat, whatever. Hey, did you ever consider that you don't even have much time left? I know this because I'm God and you don't know this. You don't have much time left. Get your affairs in order. However, there's a lot of people who just, uh, they believe they're going to live to be 90 years old. But next week may be the day Jesus goes, that was it for you. That's how many days I had for you. And then what? What do you say then? Well, I had to get the real estate and this and that and all these other things in order. No. First and foremost, he's asking us, if you are raised with Christ, if you are a real Christian, then you need to reckon yourself dead. You need to look at yourself and go, I don't actually have any rights. What does this country say? This country says, oh, no, 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 no. You have all the rights in the known world. I know, but what about other Christians and other, how come other Christians that are on the same level with us don't have rights? Because those are governments. Those are issued just temporarily for a little while while a government is in charge. And a new government may come in and change everything. So we don't, there's nothing that you can, you can like anchor down on this planet and count on. Once again, put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language. Put it out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man and his deeds and have put on the new man. Put off the old, put off the old nature, put off whatever you want to call it, sin, nature, old man, flesh, put them, plow truck them to the side. Start looking at Christ. Start spending time with Christ. Start like, you know, people talk about like, I want to go on a retreat or I want to go on a vacation or I want to go wherever you want to go. I still have never had anybody tell me they went on a spiritual retreat where they just went uh, maybe with a friend, I did this years ago, a couple of times, and I, we went to a cabin and all we tried to do is talk about the Lord, pray, encourage one another. When I left that, I have not felt like that. I had never felt like that in my life because I did the first two verses exclusively. That doesn't mean that you can just retreat for the rest of your life. But it does mean that you have the choice to set your mind on, hey, God's got this. At the end of the day if you die, if you lose everything, if you lose your house, if you lose all your money, which guys, money is worth the same as this envelope. So, you know, it's perceived. Paper money is a perception. It may be completely done away with in the next five years. Those that spent their entire lives trying to, to put tons of it in a bank, they may find themselves where every single thing that I devoted my entire life to is now worthless. But if you had done verses 1 and 2, you'd still be in fantastic shape, even if you lost everything. God has you if you are in him. If you're truly, actually a Christian, you are going to be okay. You may not enjoy this life as much as you would like to. You may not um, get to do all of the things that you wanted to do. But you are going to be okay because you're going to be with Christ when he appears in glory. That may be very soon. Nobody knows the hour. Nobody knows the day but it may be very soon. Lastly, you have put on the new man, which is renewed. Excuse me, I'm going to read nine and 10. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge, according to the image of him who created him. I need more knowledge from God. I need more uh, renewal with God every day. I need to spend more time with him, not less time as I get older where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, S- Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Wrapping this quickly, of course we didn't have enough time to even, I could do this three more weeks um, and not even repeat some stuff. It is, once again, the idea that though I struggle in my emotion, though I struggle in my mind, though I have all these things that, that just, they spend so much time messing with me, That if I would just turn back to him first and foremost, I would be able to handle these things better. It doesn't mean that they delete, it doesn't mean that they go away. We are promised suffering. But guys, everybody suffers in this life. You can suffer with Christ or without. Everybody suffers in this life. Suffering is everywhere. Two things in closing as a Christian and a new creation, You have the ability through Christ to put on the things of the Spirit. You have the ability. You did not have the ability before you gave your life to Christ. You have the ability through Christ to put on the things of the Spirit. Those are the things that please God. Whether you put those on or not is another matter. Whether you do this daily or not is another matter. Next week, we will get into that exhaustive list. And we won't have as much to cover. We'll be able to talk about so much more. Secondly, and lastly, if you find that all you do is struggle with sin, you're constantly failing, you're struggling, you're sinning, you're just messed up. But you, but you are, you'd say, "I am a Christian." I would suggest looking at the environment that you're that you're immersed in. It doesn't take somebody very long when someone brings a ton of problems to them. Anybody who's done counseling, I've done counseling off and on for years. My wife does counseling. I'd see a counselor. It doesn't take that person long when you throw all this stuff at them to be like, hey, wait, have you ever thought about this? I am so stressed out. I just can't sleep. How much coffee do you drink? 55 cups a day. How many jobs do you have? Six. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that if you reduced both, you could probably sleep a little better and you probably wouldn't be fried. It doesn't take long. That's one of the reasons why we go see counselors because sometimes we believe all the the rat's nest that we've surrounded ourselves. What is that guy from the Peanuts? uh, The guy with the cloud of dust around him. Sometimes we are that take pen. Sometimes we we just, we think we're doing good and we we go create that and we can't see. Don't lie to each other. Go to a brother that, that is truly somebody who you have seen fruit in their life, who or sister, and, and say, hey, you're really struggling with this. Let's go talk about it. Let's talk about it over the phone. Let's pray about it. Once again, I would suggest you look at the environment that you have immersed yourself in. Chances are there are things in there you could put off. Chances are, that's what the scripture says, that as a result will help you to put on something more pleasing to the things of the spirit. Let's pray. Out of time. Father God, we thank you for the crystal clear, um, the truth. God, this is the truth. And uh, Lord, I just pray that you'd give us um, your still small voice, God, that you would speak to us, that you would show us things that we need to change, places we're missing the mark that we don't think we are. Um, God, for those that are struggling, for those that are sick, for those that are just uh, find themselves hurting so badly today, God, that you would show them where that where that pressure is lord and that you have come to take those those pressures off of us lord we're so good at loading ourselves up with weight and weights and sometimes sins and god uh, as as the hebrews uh, writer writer to the hebrews says we need to strip those things off too when you to get rid of the weights god once again i pray that you would really speak to us this week god that we would be able to commune with you that we would be able to uh, show ourselves approved Father, we would show ourselves as um, people who seek you first. In Jesus' name, amen.